So you had a dream about this place? Tell me. I love daydreaming, and I love dream logic. The night before, I'd had this dream, and there it was. I had a dream about this place. In dreams, your logic goes out the window, and yet you understand it. Dream logic is, it's a thing that maybe doesn't make sense, but if, if it's put together right, it can make a sense on a deep level, on an intuitive level. Howdy folks, welcome to a very special episode of Screen Dreams. Uh, Dan and I have been sort of basically teasing this uh, in every episode so far. It's time for the Lynch. We're doing the Lynch special, so uh, just a warning right off the bat. Spoilers for everything Lynch has ever done. So we're going to be flying all over the map. So if you're worried about Lynch spoilers, maybe this isn't the pod for you. Maybe watch everything he's ever done and come back. That would be my suggestion. I mean, you should have watched everything he's ever done anyway. So, you know. Um, so, Dan, how, how are you doing today? Are you excited about this uh, Lynch affair? We've certainly bigged it up. Yeah, I am excited now after that introduction. Like, super, super excited. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I thought it was quite concise. Um, but yeah, so there's no... We're, we're, we've decided we're not going to go like chronologically. We're not going to try and stick to anything. Uh, we're no. just going to talk Lynch, basically. Yeah, I think it'd be just nice to see, just nice to see where it goes, you mm. know, let it, let it take its course. Because, of course, that is very much sort of part of the Lynch philosophy, really, isn't it? In terms of how we, well, I do have a starting point, actually, somewhere to Go start. Because I did, I don't know if you saw the uh, video I sent you. I did, yeah, yeah. I had, did I had you actually know, seen did that you before, know, yeah. You knew about that, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I actually think that's a that's a crucial thing about Lynch, and that's such a perfect example that something so crucial uh, w came about li like that. Well, well, I'll let you explain it because you know it, it warrants some explanation. Yeah, so it's basically just the you can find it on YouTube. It's just basically the story of how Bob, the character of Bob, um, in Twin Peaks, in Twin Peaks, yeah, how 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 he becomes and how. The person who uh, who plays Bob is cast. Frank and basically, Silver. Frank Silver. Basically, he is the the set man. He is there working on the set. He's a carpenter. Uh, yep. Paul, Paul the Han Solo, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they hired the they hired the fucking carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's not like even like Lynch even looks at this man and thinks you're um, you'll be great for this part. Oh my gosh. He's like, he's, he is in the basement and he hears somebody say Frank is in the basement yeah. and he, that's, and then this light bulb just goes off in his head. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says to the, the person, um, you know, do you act? And the guy's like, yes. He's like, okay, you're going to be in, you're going to be in the show. And then, and then, um, not just you're going to be in the show, back, you're going to be the show, the driving evil, like the yeah. whole, yeah. And then, the and heart. then, and, and then when they, uh, when they go back, uh, through when, uh, some old footage, mm. um, Gold. Sarah Palmer is, uh, the character of Sarah Palmer is sort of having her uh, going through, you know, these hysterical mm. moments where, um, she's sort of having these visions and it, who, 
like they, they 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 they're like oh no we we can't we can't use this shot there's there's um there's somebody somebody's uh, in the camera somebody's in the mirror and uh who is it but it's it reflected in the mirror while she's sort of crying on the sofa and, and going through these hysterics his face has been mm. accidentally caught in the mirror and it's like perfect it's staying it's yeah that's that's just that's yeah. And I think it made me think like, okay, that's like to allow things like uh, the these sort of accidents and these coincidences to take place and for you just to sort of gladly just sort of incorporate that and gladly just encourage it all and let it feed what you're doing is very much kind of like how, because uh, he comes from a painting background and that for me yeah. is like, that's painting right there. Yeah, you know when you make a kind of a you make kind of a, a line on the on the on the canvas or something, you're like, oh, didn't mean to do that, but oh, it looks quite good actually. I'm going to keep it. That yeah. kind of whole, um, just letting things flow in a way where you're not everything's going to you know change. The idea is going to well, you know, he stays true to the idea, but he how he gets there is. There's no way of knowing, and he will just let ideas come to him just like that and just let it happen. And that's one of the great, great things about it all. The elephant in the room with with Lynch and his creativity is TM. So uh, I think, I mean, the art life really, uh, by TM I mean transcendental meditation. Um, The art life is a great... um, I think a great Lynch doc. I have um, watched it with a, a, some friends, and they said uh, yeah, that was kind of. I mean, nothing really happened. I because they they'd seen a few Lynch films, and they were expecting it to be really fucked up, like Lynch to have had this horrific childhood, and you know, and and actually, you know, he's he had he, like he had a pretty okay childhood. It seemed like, and uh, the stories he tells are very he tells them with such intensity but they're they're and they're 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 not like crazy i mean he that bat the story of the battered woman coming out of the shadows you know him and his brother are playing uh catch or something they're young young boys and the first time he ever saw a naked lady would then he's like he's like her pearl white skin came out of the darkness you know and it's like so he really it's like a uh, you know imprinted in his brain um but other than that it's like a couple, you know, there's the, the when he moves to Philadelphia, there's the, you know, he can't leave his apartment. And he's like, I feel like Lynch was quite um, in a real dark place, like and just trying to figure himself out and had a lot of anxiety. And, and I mean, when you look at Lynch now, he's just so fucking warm, so calm, so suave, so, so delightful. But I think and I, I know, I mean, he, he himself will say the only way he got there was transcendental meditation and he's you know he's got all this the the david lynch foundation and all of this stuff and 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 so i do really think that does play into his approach to art um massively like yeah it's it's you can't really because i mean you know you just end up you praise him you praise this sort of action reaction this kind of freedom this sort of um knowing deep down and then finding the way you know and the idea is always the the sort of the the thing you're you're being guided by but 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 you know the man the man is deep 
in meditation like he's deep he's and he and and therefore he's able to appreciate the kind of mundane and uh he's on a different he's literally living in a different plane um literally i mean it's 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 quite it's i don't <clears throat> i just basically i think it's pretty important when talking about lynch to kind of understand uh that fundamentally basically yeah yeah and i think um just a couple of points for mm -hmm. what you just said mm -hmm. i think yeah the 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 childhood that he had as well was, uh, you know, that kind of very typical suburban childhood. That's a lot of that is in his work as well. Not, mm. you know, I mean, people, when people think of him as the, uh, you know, the guy, the nightmarish kind of messed up stuff. And it's like, there's just as much as the other stuff in there. And mm. I think what, what, yeah. what, uh, uh, what people, I mean, what he's made it. What's he's made a name for himself from? Really, is he keeps going back to that territory where you have the, the idea, the idyllic, the you know the. Well, I think sort of David Foster Wallace called it like the sort of the Norman Rockwell, the Norman Rockwell kind of, yeah, yeah the yeah. kind of that you know that kind of America that you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the the American dream of, that really ne yeah. never was. To be honest, like because yeah. the whole point of the American Dream was there's 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 a lot of beetles underneath that lawn eating each other, you know. Yeah. So there of, you go. Of, yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. Exactly. That's a, um. So yeah, it's not necessarily. I mean, I, it's. I think it's really. It's all really about that kind of push and pull between between these things, and um, mm. it is it is the contrast. It is the light and the dark that is essential really these are the, the almost mm. kind of the concepts that basically almost run run through everything he's doing where there's either an either an, either an exaggeration of one or the other the light or the dark and and mm. that can that and that can be framed in all in in many different ways but yeah and i think that's what um i mean he doesn't make horror films and he doesn't make films that are nightmarish as such well i guess why you would call them nightmarish is because they are sort of under when he does um use things that you would associate with that kind of imagery it is under the surface um i suppose um so yeah it's it's i think i think yeah to kind of set your stall out again when you're that 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 contrast um the light and the dark is always very very bold and um mm. but i think that's just who he is like i think lynch has a i think he's very profoundly affected by seemingly very small things um or, or just i i, I th really th feel like he's very in touch with um himself and his his well, his subconscious and and also just his feelings and and like uh I remember him describing when he's like so proudly showing his dad uh, the dead bird. And he's like, I kept this bird in the basement. I wanted to see, you know, how it would decompose and how it would change over time. And then his dad's walking up the stairs and he's like, I look back at my dad smiling. Uh, and he sees like a glimpse. Uh, he just sees this look on his dad's face of like, 
just sadness and disgust and almost just like worry um and the intensity of which he uh, uh, yeah the way he describes that it's like it's really really painful and then again also there are moments of like extreme like apparently when he was filming the big ed norma scene where they you know they they finally kiss and stuff he's just in the corner completely crying like can't even can't hold it together on set you know yeah, um, yeah he's had plenty of time to cry about it you know reading it imagining it getting ready to shoot it but even on he sees it he's like that's the most beautiful it's just so beautiful you know and also his love of just wood and trees and you know yeah uh, like it's like he has a profound appreciation for these little things um, yeah, yeah. So there's all that that is in his work just as much as as and everything else. It he's sort of normally associated and normally tagged with. Um, I mean that whole like the you know the uh, those sort of idyllic scenes in the diner at Twin Peaks. You know all these kind of things. He loves that. That is just as much a part of everything he does. Um, yeah. So um, so obviously you. Um, Wild at Heart is, I know, I know it's your favorite. Um, well, look, I, I say Wild at Heart's my favorite just because I feel like it does. It needs to be defended. Um, I feel like it doesn't get enough love. Also, I'm, you know, I, I rage for the cage. I'm a cage head, you know. And having Cage, <laughs> having, you know, I mean, like having the Nixter just fucking <laughs> nail it, you know. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, do like he's like singing Elvis. And it's just you know Laura Dern, uh, you know, is so good with her little Southern accent. It's kind of for me, it's like a you know you can watch that and Raising Arizona. Although there is a lot of there is still some fucked up psychosexual shit. You know, it's not quite as cartoony and 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 like it's not. I mean, Raising Arizona really is just a, a warm, like just like a warm cushion. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, even the bad guy in Raising Arizona is like a caricature of a lone biker who's just a reflection of H.I. McDonough. Anyway, this is not the Cohen cast, but but you know what I mean. <laughs> so it's a good, it's like a, it's but it's a good movie to watch with that. It's like you know, Cage having fun with a a, a real you know with a director that knows what's up. Um, and uh, you know, I, I just think it was solid gold, buddy. You know, um, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, so I defend Wild at Heart forever. I love it. It's when it's like, I think it's the first. I'd seen Blue Velvet first. I dug mm. it, but I think honestly, I think Blue Velvet is is too. Blue Velvet is like Baby's first Lynch. You know, I'm not. I love it. I think it's great. I think that like the scene where where McLaughlin is 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 uh, doing the uh, pest, you know, he's dressed like the pest man, and he's like going. He's, I'm just here to do your apartment, and and like, there there are some really cool. Uh, I mean, the whole film's really cool, but it does feel a little bit like um, bare bones, simple. Because he was just trying to get his voice back after, because that was after um, Dune. Yeah, it's just like he was like, I'm shaken to my core by what I've done. So it's like, let's just. Let's go to Lumberton or whatever it is. Let's do something that's like I know, you know, I know, and 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 I feel like the 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 tone of of Blue Velvet basically continues through every everything after Blue Velvet, but is only is only improved upon. So now you watch Blue Velvet and you're like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Like that's 
that's a nice first stab at it. I mean, it's it's great. It's really great. You know, Candy Colored Clown, they call the Sandman. I mean, you know, fantastic moments in it. But I don't know. Um, that it, it does. Do you, do you know what I mean by it kind of feels like Baby's first Lynch? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's very... Um, yeah, I th- a lot of the... I mean, most people would be... It'd be, I'm assuming that is the gateway into his filmography. Yeah, I'm assuming that too. Because, um, yeah. um, I mean, even now, I mean, actually, Wild at Heart is on Netflix as well. But yes. um, uh, but uh, Blue Velvet, you can watch on Netflix. Um, along with his, uh, bit, along with his bit... short film, along with his short film. Oh, yeah. What did about... <laughs> Max, what did Jack do, I think? Yeah. What did <laughs> yeah. Jack do? yeah. No. <laughs> Tantantoban. <laughs> yeah great. yeah yeah which which is really fun um you uh well, the monkey you think, you think you just played a seven <laughs> <laughs> Gold. anyway anyway so yeah and i think it really does kind of like set us set out a stall in terms of like okay here we are in these are you know the normal people that we all know and these people are going to go into a different world yeah. in which in which we don't know. Yeah. And Darkness, the excitement yeah. is going to be, um, you know, this sort of crossing into the, into, you know, in, you know yeah. between the two worlds and that exploration. That's, exa- that's where all the, the, the tension and everything comes from the film. Um, mm. And, um, yeah, Wild at Heart... Um, that doesn't happen. No. Um, you're the what? There's no crossing over into a different world. With the, it. Yeah. You're already in the. All the characters already exist in a pre-established world. Mm. Um, and the yeah, everybody already seems to know the rules of the game, mm. and they're just sort of going going along. Um, and yeah, I guess. Your 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 cons your wild at heart. He he yeah. He never bothered with the with the first part as is in in Blue Velvet. You're already mm. you're already in the other world, and you stay in that other world for the entire duration. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Maybe that's why. I, I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't like it as much, because mm. I find. Maybe you you need that anchor to normality. Um, I mean, you one could argue that you live in the normal world already, and that you know the crossover between worlds is is just you putting on the movie. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I'm and I'm interested. It's interesting to, to why he he definitely went with that. But I mean, to be honest, I mean, Eraserhead is. I mean, there's. Is a pre-established world, yeah. just the same as Wild at Heart is. So it's mm-hmm. not like he did it. He it's not like the first time he ever did that really was was um, in Wild at Heart. I just think with Wild at Heart, um, although I do really like it, there are moments where I was even maybe even maybe that for David Lynch it goes maybe even slightly too far. But maybe that's maybe <laughs> no that's. You know, but but that's that's again 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 that's all just a matter of pers- personal opinion, really. But mm. uh, but um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely an interesting, an interesting choice. 
Um, but you, um, you originally, you just watched um, Inland Empire, didn't you? Not so long yeah, ago. Yeah, last week. Yeah, I, I have a aversion, as you know, to watching uh, directors I love uh, watching their last film. But uh, for the pod, for Screen Dreams, I did sit down and watch Inland Empire. And it shot, I mean, right up. To, to the top of the list i mean i don't know i think lists really are just so arbitrary but um yeah it is it is just such a colossal work i mean inland empire is so and it's 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 for me really it is uh I, to be fair i watched it last week i haven't yeah i haven't like i mean i have thought about it a lot but you know yeah. so this is just my sort of in, gut reaction to it it really is a fuck you i'm out uh from lynch um yeah like it really, that's what it feels like you know you know yeah. how uh fire walk with me the the first shot of fire walk with me is a is a television being smashed by a baseball bat and it's like yeah okay we, we get it lynch you know you're, you're pissed about what happened to, in twin peaks so and you're like this ain't tv bitch you know this is a movie <laughs> now and, and it's like i feel like the end of inland empire he's like you know what fuck movies too and I, i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go paint um and uh, uh obviously we then got 18 hours of twin peaks after that which you know we both fell on our knees and pra praised the the tv gods for that i mean no one was expecting that um and yeah. now even this this next thing has been announced um and we've ha we've we've had almost a year now of weather reports so the amount of <laughs> lynch content like it's like i mean honestly i start my day i'm i'm one day behind the weather reports because obviously he's in here in la you know he so it doesn't come out till the afternoon because la is eight hours ahead so i i have the the previous day's weather report in the morning with my coffee and it's gold man it's gold you know it's a great way mm. to start the day and that's again that's the repetition of doing that every day is such a tea like a transcendental meditation type thing of like Every day, I'm gonna. It's gonna be the same lines. Like it's gonna be, you know, golden sunshine, and you know, all along the way, everybody have a great day, and and you know, it's like this, quite kind of like repetition of, um, doing something good, um, and just, just yeah, just being nice, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I lo I love about Lynch, and and i do i i think that's an interesting thing you've brought up how he kind of gets a bad rap in the sense that like he's known as the sort of like oh that guy's fucking weird and he's sick and he's it's like nah, man this guy just wants to listen to doo-wop and eat pie like he's a boy scout he's what's sick is the world and he's so fucking like just uh, he feels sick in the world at what he sees and all this darkness he sees you know and he wants he wants it to be just a little boy scout life i mean that's what i feel you know um yeah and 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 you can't yeah it's it's yeah it's yeah i yeah i totally agree with that and um mm. um inland empire a few a few interesting things that i think about mm. it um first of all how the film starts um is yeah. him but just filming a scene with laura dern just mm. for an idea that he gets. I don't think he was intending on making a film at that point. Just no, did no, it. it wasn't, yeah. Um, yeah. I then did the same thing again. With rabbits. A few, a few different times. Had yeah. all of these... Uh, had all of this uh, uh, film that he shot. Totally unrelated. Separate ideas. Um, that he just had as an idea and wanted to mm. do. And or then, were they? And, you know? and 
Well, this, <laughs> is what he, this is what he says. This is what he yeah, says. Yeah, and then I know. But, and then like, it, yeah. but well, maybe they will. Yeah, maybe he. But this. But anyway, but anyway, this ends up. Yeah, becoming a, a, a film, and they all become mm. part of. They end up becoming part of the same film, and yeah. I always, I'm always, I'm always really fascinated by how he gets his ideas and where his ideas come from and how they develop because they're never like a linear thing. He never, mm. um, they never form in a in a in a way which is like, oh, I have an idea, write it down and do it sort of thing. Mm. They are. They they can come from any place, any direction, and yeah, the 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 you know his his creative process is is just magical. Yeah, um, I think magical is a perfect word. Yeah, and because um, it is magic. Where do ideas come from? You and I have ideas all the time, and the thing is, Lynch knows. It's not even he thinks. Lynch knows that ideas come from the collective unconscious, i.e., the unified field. And it's like, yeah. if you know something, it, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. If you know something, it is. Because you, it's like, at, at that level, if it's like a, a, an a thing inside you, Lynch, it, might as it, it is the truth to Lynch that that's where ideas come from. And I think the, 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 the best way he describes his, like the way he gets ideas and his process, and it's such a fucking elegant metaphor. He's just like, you know, you just go fishing. You know, and you put you ha you put a bit of bait, and the bait on the hook is is the 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 want for an idea, and the drive to create, and then you just f go fishing, and that fishing is you you lower it down into your unconscious mind, piece by piece, that, and you just and then some some and then he he sees ideas as fish, and this is the interesting thing. This is why I say, uh, were all those ideas of uh, all those short films actually? Uh, separate films they weren't because they became inland empire and so therefore they always were connected it's just lynch hadn't yeah found seen it yet and that he's just looking he's like you're just putting a torch in a basement and find oh wait that connects to that i didn't hadn't seen that but it's yeah. like yeah catching fish so you get a, a fish and the, the he says the big fish the big ideas are real deep down real deep down you got to be you know and he's he just basically you know you sit down with a little piece of paper and a book and like you just you just sit and ideas come. They just come. And who knows yeah. where they come? It's magic. And it literally it is magic. And I think Lynch's biggest strength is that. Is he is trained, he's not trained in technique. He's not trained, he's not like, oh, I understand light and shadow. Oh, I understand composition. I understand you know. No, fuck all that. He's trained in in, in his gut and his instinct of just tr that that discipline of coming up with ideas and being true to the deep voice within all of us that, that is the yearning for telling stories in the first place. It's like, why do we, any of us do this? We have this fucking want to do it. So mm. don't, don't, don't want to do it and go, yeah, I want my songs to be like Dylan, you know, and then you, you try and make your song sound like Bob Dylan. No, no, no. You want to write songs because Dylan's inspired you, but lower it down. You know, it's like, that's, that's you know, that's a... It, just staying true to the fucking the voice inside of yourself and inside of all of us it's such a like um beautiful beautiful way to describe it and it's i honestly i find other artists are usually really coy about their uh process and lynch is extremely coy about explaining specific films like, what does this mean in in you know in land he's not going to tell you but he will openly and repeatedly tell you how he creates you know 
how he gets ideas and, and his process for doing it. The, the, the truth is, people don't want to do it. It's disciplined. It is a discipline. He has worked on his gut and his instincts for, for like 45 years every single day. Mm. And it's that. That's what it is, where it's like you just, you, just, you just stay true. And that's why seeing that little 10-second clip of him in that taxi cab going, I'm so depressed. I, you know, I just haven't got a clue. It's so uh, refreshing because you're like, oh, well, even Lynch, who is like so well-trained in, in all of this, has moments of just existential doom. Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And I could, yeah, totally agree with everything you've just said. But also, what I can, I'd like to add as well, what I find really interesting is people have a, a tendency to um, take ownership of things as well. Um, mm. uh, you know, like um, as in an idea becomes my idea. And um, yes, and oh, yes. Uh, and uh, there's also you know the it's you know almost as if I've created the idea, which mm-hmm. in a way you have, but you know there it was it, it might have been already there as well, and you yeah, and the fish was already just swimming. You just come into it. contact with it just now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, he, yeah, I think he's he's pretty in tune with that way of thinking as well, like. Mm. Um, um you know he's uh he doesn't try and claim you know claim it for his own it, it it's it's already out there and all he has to do yeah. is kind of and find it and i i don't know i find that just a really refreshing way to think of Same. things um and yeah just that this this sort of uh need for authorship i think mm. is um yeah. And this need to uh, to own and claim things that perhaps only have part partly to do with us, mm. but yeah. have a hell of a lot of to do with a lot of other things as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, com- or if if it is ours, it's not. It's certainly not completely ours. In fact, I would argue that probably the more you think about it, the less and less <laughs> it becomes. Mm. It becomes yeah. yourselves, and much more. Um, much more something greater, something bigger. Um, Absolutely. And um, so, yeah, um, Inland Empire, again, interesting film for, you know, for reasons we were talking about earlier, because you were talking about going from, like, crossing worlds, going from one world to another. Mm -hmm. I think this film maybe does crosses into, (laughs) well, definitely more than two. (laughs) Wouldn't you say? I, honestly, I think I, I would I would say this world is, uh, it's like <laughs> I mean, okay, when you're describing the film of Enland Empire, um, it's it's uh, kind of impossible to, um, wait, hold on, I just I've got this thing in my in my mind. What we would I just want to say one more thing on the whole cre- the creation of of work, the the. The thing that that Lynch has done in describing it that way is so valuable for for artists and for like young artists, like just trying to figure out how how to because throughout history, I mean, art really only is a thing because of the church and like you know you would paint you would paint saints and shit, and so that was your reason. And you were you were it was a foregone it was a given that you were channeling God, like obviously, obviously. I'm I'm not painting these, you know, like 
you, you're listening to God and God is painting them through you, right? And then that was the same with, with writing, you know, it's like a, for a long time. And then that was, not the, that was not the thing. And it was like, you have people like Hemingway saying, like, no, it's pain. Pain is what great, you know, you have to go through a lot of pain to have good art and all this. And it's like, it's hard kind of as an, as an artist to just fucking like, you're just, just pass all of this shit out and kind of go, why do I want to create? And what? What do I have to give? You know, I, 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 am I, do I have, do I even have anything to give? You know, I may not be in, I, I, but I all, I'm all I have to give. And I, and I do want to give something. And, and like Lynch is, is, it's just so, it's so nice. And it's, that's honestly might be my favorite thing about him is just, he makes me want to work and feel excited about work. He doesn't make, he doesn't make me feel daunted about it which any other fucking artist explaining how their process, they're so coy and protective and, and have such an ownership, like you're saying, about it, that it's, it's really, it's like, it's like, this is the thing I hate about the Coen brothers. It's like, I, I like how coy, they, it's like, it's fun, but actually it's like, it, it makes me want to kill myself as well on a different level. When they don't explain, like they don't, they don't want to, to shine too much light on the process because they're scared that, you know, shining a light on it will make it disappear. And it's like, I, I, I understand that. And I, 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 I feel you on that. But, but I, I, the, the thing that Lynch has done is that he's, you know, he's lived in it for so long and he's not afraid. He's not afraid, you know, he lives it. He lives it. And it's like, it's, he lives the art life. That's how he would describe it. It's the art life, baby, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's like David Milch, one of my favorite writers, he wrote Deadwood. He does not, he says, I didn't write Deadwood because all these people want to know how he wrote it. It's incredibly well written. It's one of the best written TV shows ever. And it's the writing itself that's really good. And he goes, no, God wrote, God wrote it. And the whole through my heart had a little bit of like salt around the edges and a bit of my character went in, but the beam from, from the light of God went through. It's like, bloody hell, Milch. I mean, <laughs> is that really the best you can do? Like you just, God wrote it. And it that sounds to someone who doesn't really understand that concept of like, yeah, God wrote it. It's like, what, you think you're fucking God? It's like, no, 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 I'm not. We're all God, you prick. And I'm not saying I'm a God because God wrote Deadwood. It's that I don't know how these ideas come. I don't, you know, the creative process is so delicate and so ma magical, really. And that, that then, you know, just quick tie in to, to Alan Moore. That's why Alan Moore is a fucking wizard. That's why he's a magician because he really believes. And okay, just rewind one more time. All art didn't start with religion because religion started with occultism and magic. And so that's where more has gone. I was going to say that, this... I was gonna say yeah. that, but I thought I'd just let you go. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, yeah, don't worry. I saved it. I, just right at the end there, I saved it. Um, but, yeah, you know, anyway, what a rambling, horrific way I just vomited all of that out. But you, you see my point. Well, basically, my point is... I enjoyed it, mate. It's I enjoyed beautiful. every second of it. Don't feel bad. Okay, thank, thank you. Um, sometimes halfway through those, I'm like, mate, is anyone even understanding this? I'm just... This is just a ramble. Like, this is... Like, I'm ashamed of myself. Um, uh, but anyway, back to Inland Empire. Um, you were saying, oh, yeah, how many worlds it's crossed over. I mean, it's a, the first thing you see in Inland Empire is a record player. And you hear a voice going, the longest running uh, radio play in existence has its uh, episode. And, and it's so I, I'm assuming that everything is, is, is in this longest running radio play in existence or that this this hooker in Russia or Poland is watching uh, Inland Empire on the TV. But then 
it, I don't know, because there's obviously, obviously she's reenacting the folktale in which, on which the first film, which didn't get made because the two main actors were killed, mm. was based, which is an old Polish folktale. So that must have something to do with some Polish, the, the Polish stuff and the scenes in Poland. Yeah. And anyway, it, it doesn't really matter, actually, because right, what I right. mean is... I think he's when I when I'm asking sort of how many worlds he's gone like gone through. I think he's mm -hmm. um, what's interesting about it is how um, maybe he's made, striving to something. This is something he sort of strived for um, throughout his films altogether, mm -hmm. where that total disintegration between you know where you can't even tell what what is what anymore maybe that maybe that's something perhaps he was striving for all from from the beginning um because yeah because yeah, obviously obviously you it. know that i mean it, it's pointless explain like trying to explain what happens in the film because it's it's so uh it's quite disorientating mm. and um you know i've i've heard that laura dern plays multiple characters in it whereas you wouldn't you know, I wouldn't begrudge you for thinking it's still all the same person because it's still being played by the same person. But apparently, yeah, it's, apparently yeah. it's not. And she does, mm. and you, but she is, she is playing different people in it. But you think also they might still be the same character in some weird way. But anyway, yeah. that's beside yeah, the point. Yeah. But I'm thinking, isn't it interesting how, as somebody who's really good at creating worlds, how it's amazing really to kind of think. That that is that might be more what the real world is actually like, when mm -hmm. when compared to actual yep. classic three act structure narrative film, um, yep. in terms of in terms of how it's uh, represent reality is represented in 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 film in very surrealistic terms, but probably in terms of actual life itself and how it works mm. probably much more realistic than that you know than your classic um film structure that that, that most films take um so i'm kind of thinking like maybe what i'm ba basically trying to ask is do you think that that's something he was kind of reaching for from the beginning perhaps i think um I, I, on, I mean, he's challenged the form, obviously. Gonna, he's obviously challenged... If I'm going to be honest, I would say Lynn, it's like, again, um, and this, I, I think this may come up quite a bit, I, I, it's like, I don't think he's consciously reaching for anything, frankly, other than, I think what Lynch holds on to is like a, a, a flicker, an image. Frank is in the basement. <clears throat> and then, and it's like, to have a, a, a kind of game plan of like, you know, this is what's wrong with Twin Perfect's video on Twin Peaks, where it's like, Lynch did not sit down and say, this is what I'm going to do thematically. It's like, no, no, he's true to the voice inside of him. And that voice, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's, I mean, this is, this, these are big concepts we're talking about. Because like, in, in what I'm basically saying is that there is a voice that speaks to all of us that gives us our ideas. I'm not saying it's God. I'm not saying I'm just, you know, like, think about it, mate. Where do your ideas come from, whoever you are listening to this? Where, where you know, have a think. What, where, what do you, you know, that voice that you're hearing, people have called it the collective unconscious, or the un collective unconscious, whatever, let's not get into that. But that, that, it's like, just, he's, he's listening to that and he's going with that. So it's like, I don't know if it was a conscious thing, but, but I think it's, 
only right that if you're true to yourself, you're going these images are going to reoccur uh, all all along your work because you're true to yourself. I mean, true to this voice, which may or may not be yourself. Um, you, it, it's like yeah, th there's going to be some commonality if you're doing it right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah, to put it in such explicit terms, when when like like the the twin perfect video that you mentioned, um, mm. if you haven't seen it, is like this really long video where he kind well, of so it's four hours. Yeah, he he kind of um, almost kind of think well he. Th he, whether he has or he hasn't, it's a matter of opinion, really. But he has, uh, he he puts down a pretty convincing argument where he's basically sees sees everything in the show as as a code that needs to be cracked, and he, he mm. and he is, first of all establishes the key to begin with and what everything means and what everything represents. And he goes through it, and it, and it means that basically he thinks he can explain everything that happens in the show through this method. Um, yeah. So, um, and um, you know, it sort of holds up. Um, in it, well, this it, is the uh, thing with that Twin Peaks video, the Twin Perfect video. It has de it divided the Twin Peaks community. Um, I think a lot of people on the Twin Peaks subreddit they just absolutely hate it. Now, I have to say, I don't, I don't hate this Twin Perfect video. I re really, I mean. Like, I respect this guy big time for putting in the research and making that. And, sh you know, it, that was a, that's a lot of work. All these all these people saying, like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's like, man, this guy loves Twin Peaks. Like, say what you want about it. If you don't like his theory, it's like he's really going there. I think what people have a problem with is his smugness and him saying that this is the only valid reading of Twin Peaks. Whether or not you agree with me, this is what David Lynch Lynch meant. He, now I think the he issue really thinks he's, he's running right. into. He definitely yeah, is no, like... no, no. He doesn't think he doesn't think it. He knows it. And it's like and 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 it's like the 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 issue I'm having is like yes, Twin Peaks is a meta commentary on violence and not just violence, but on television. But that's not all it is. And to say that's all it is is pretty reductive. And he, that's basically, he's going, that's all it is. And he's reading everything through that. And he's kind of fitting everything into his theory. Um, and it's like, I think the, prob the problem, like, I think the sort of slightly dodgy area is that he is kind of right on a lot of things where it's like, that is probably not far off the truth. It's like, but you can't pretend to know the 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 actual source but a lot of these things ring vaguely true but uh, to say that that's it and that's the thesis of the show is insanely reductive and not that fun although he does admit that he does say i am judy you know yeah i think major spoilers for twin peak you know he he's, doesn't want you to watch it because he knows this is the end well at least he thinks this is the end of interpretation of twin peaks which I think rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Which you know, fair enough. I mean, anything you do is going to rub people the wrong yeah. way. Yeah, I, I respect. I thought it, it was. I thought it was interesting, but I don't think it's. It's. It's definitely not the end of interpretation of Twin Peaks for me because. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously not. Um and um, yeah, I did. I did. I you know. But you don't I, think, I, I think it was that, something to I do with the love smugness. of the love of the love of the abstract, and the infinite, in in what in Lynch's work. Is one of my big draws. I mean, why why it draws mm. me in so much? Um, yeah, and um, I that and that's partly down to me myself. 
um, mm. and how I how I form, you know, pictures out of you know these murky abstract abstractions that um, that um, that he quite often uses, um, and uh, yeah, I, and I guess I guess I guess. <laughs> The, I guess the joyless thing about it for me is, you know, is the need to explain it, um, mm. and and the need to do, is you know, which I and I and I totally and I think Lynch will would pretty much say the same thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wa- wanting to do that and and you know putting all this work in doing the you know and and putting together a pretty cohesive model robust model which sort of with can withstand a lot of um oh uh with withstand quite a lot of uh and mm. you know and 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 fits together all these things that you know seemingly you know but they they already fit together anyway though because they existed in the same world in the same show and the space between them, you had to fill in the blanks yourself, mm. um, and that that is that is what is. I mean, to have an actual logical explanation between the two, I think is not necessary, in my opinion, um, and I think that's there why is... a lot of people, and I think that's why a lot of people have a problem have a problem with it mm. because, you know the. It doesn't, ha- you know, it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be anything yeah. you want it to be. Exactly. And exactly. Um, and um, the. I mean, the I don't mis- want to be a hypocrite the- because this is a podcast about us talking about movies, but uh, and and I have that is something I have been getting kind of more and more aware of as as we do this more and more. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to like. I don't want to be like a little fucking like, you know, vulture picking away at the carcass of a film and going you know it's like i i, I want to just like enjoy it with a friend and i don't think the so so i i'm and i think we're doing quite well at not being it's like we don't want to be too like like this means this and this this it's like with my interpretation i felt this watching it i thought of this it reminded me of this shot like all of that's fine that's like you're consuming the art but when you when you really kind of like you're like driving a f- you know you're dying on hills like saying this represents this and this is what this is and like artist intent and all of that there's an element of like what happens when you explain a joke you know it's like don't i mean it's it's no longer funny now because you've just explained it to death yeah you know what i mean yeah and and, and that's twin twi- perfect is explaining it to death yeah and the med- and the medium itself is is the way that all these ideas should be delivered um and and received um, yeah yeah that I could, yeah well put yeah exactly so exactly i don't know i mean it's it's just i guess the whole youtube culture of people um mm. i mean well, we I, have Plinkett to thank for that yeah but, little, but the boys in wisconsin for that one i know but he got famous off doing the star wars prequels and you know that like those videos are are good because he they're de- great. He, he I, de- I love Red Letter Media. He's, he's very, I love it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I think I think it's interesting about what you know. Going back to interpretations and everything. I mean, I think mm. we both agreed that when we've watched a film, 
we've um we've got a lot out of it by having a conversation about it afterwards um yeah it's not you know it's not confined the film it's in fact it's just it's it's pointed things out that you know you haven't noticed before um and you know your appreciation becomes greater for that reason yeah. um, it's weird it's almost like you did know them but you didn't know them like saying them you're like yeah oh yeah you know what i mean where it's like you kind of knew them like a lot of the stuff we spoke about on Rublev, it's like I knew that, I guess, deep down in my in my in my soul. But talking with you about it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really so. Now I like know it in concrete terms. Like it's like a, I I know that I felt that. I know what I've thought about this. It's it's a lot. It kind of it's it just kind of makes your thoughts a bit more clearer. I feel talking them through yeah. after watching a film. Yeah, yeah. Um, you remember them, but I guess, as well. But but I guess I guess the uh, there is a there is a fine line, isn't there? The way you can yeah, uh, totally. you can you can just uh, over overcook things and um, and you know when you're yeah when you kind of come up with like a like a like claiming that you've cracked the code and this solves like every single mm-hmm. every single little piece of mystery in in a, in the series is. Um, is almost it's 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 as destructive as it is enlightening. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Because yeah. because it, you know you're not you you're not yeah. But anyway, I did to be honest. He did one on Mulholland Drive, and I really enjoyed it because that is yeah. that is a film where so many people have settled on something where it's like this is what happened, and he's like, no, it didn't, <laughs> and he just. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, actually, like, actually, and he, and yeah. he, and I mean, he, part of me likes his smugness. Did point out things that had never occurred to me, and just kind of just took a light to that uh, whole thing about, you know, mm. which I never the liked anyway. Of it. I never liked that interpretation of more Holland Drive anyway. It's far too simple, but it's just this. Yeah. What this interpretation that everyone seems to have settled on, and no way, no way. No way. Well, I uh, look. I'm. I'm yet. I'm really. I mean, I think there may be a few other things going on. I don't. I mean, I. Th- this is the thing. Like, it's like Lynch is not. Um, oh, I gotta tread lightly here. I mean, look. I do. I like. It's 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 Lynch is a good kind of intro to surrealism as a director because he is. There's a reason why Lynch is is I mean he's not a household name but he's much more well known than like other surrealist sort of niche directors like he's got he's got, kind of got a bit of a following and like people do know his name I mean Trump shouted him out you know like misquoted him at one of his rallies and and there, there was cheering uh, you know, <clears throat> so all those people in that crowd clearly knew like he was like great American filmmaker David Lynch. You know, uh, and everyone's like, you know, um, so so anyway, what what I'm saying is like, but he's not. Uh, I, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to say. Well, this, well he, sit, he like, sits I, on the main. He sits on the threshold of the main exactly, of the mainstream. Exactly. He's like with yeah. the Coens. So they get they get plenty of money. They get plenty of money to do the to make these wonderful films. Mm, so they're not yeah. they're not underfunded, but they still have complete creative control over what they want to do. Or it seems that way anyway. Yeah. I mean, the the, the footage of him on YouTube, so like battling with the people he's working on set with doing the, twi- you know, season three mm. Twin mm. Peaks, 
um, yeah, you know, um, you know, because they're always trying to speed him up. They're all, they're on the clock, and mm. they, you know they're keeping an eye on yeah. production costs, and they're being like, yeah. okay, um, you know, thirty minutes to do this, and he's like, whoa, 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 why, you know, yeah. why are you putting a time? Like he doesn't want there yeah. to be a timer on things. He want he want you know yeah. he wants things to be able to basically move in whatever direction it can, can go be. dreamy, as he yeah. says. He goes, we we never we never get any time to go dreamy. I I, I love the firemen's. I could have spent weeks in that place. Exactly. It's horrible. Yeah. You know? It's horrible. <laughs> it's like he which doesn't I, even want to do it. If, which like, I think, if which I think is it. why he, he he has probably left film altogether all now and has, uh, and has, you know, moved on to uh, television where there is more, there's more money actually now. Where uh, yeah. I think the age, I think we're, you know, um, we are now films films are in decline now and television is in, in the ascendancy in terms of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where the most talented people are are moving to. Little, uh, but true. Um, well, not not most talented people, but like it's where the most, mo- it's where the most money is actually. And if I think you're, that's if where you're we're... a young writer now, you no longer want to break into Hollywood with your sick ass spec script. You are writing pilots. Well, no, you're writing fake episodes of shows that already exist to prove that you can write in another showrunner's voice so that you can get into a writer's room that has a salary, fucking insurance, you know, like everything. You're covered and you're paid well. And the brunt of the, the like writing is not on your back. It's not like this is I'm, I'm trying to sell my screenplay and this is the script of this movie I want to make. It's like, no, no, you're in a room of seven other writers. You're well paid. You're doing, you know. And that, that honestly, that's what a lot of these young writers job they want. That's the job they want because it's a better fucking job. Yeah, and um, fact, it's a f- and, <laughs> and that's the fact of the matter. It's a better job. Ironically, you could say maybe Twin Peaks was the beginning of all of this. That kind of the 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 cinematic world and the television world, uh, you know, mm. uh, melting into each other because you know Twin Peaks was very influential for that reason, where it was, um, you know. A lot of elements to it yeah, felt very I, cinematic. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't even think that's ironic. I think it's like, um, what do you call it? Serendipitous. It was like Lynch built this little life raft that he didn't know he would need to use. He was like, well, let me just go into this form, change it completely, uh, and like while I'm at it, like invent another f- sort of genre of music. Um, and then... <laughs> Um, uh, you know, casually, and then go into go, you know, and then and then like way later on down the line, he's like, well, I, d- I do have this life raft of tele, like television's gotten a lot better, and it was because of things like Twin Peaks, no question. I mean, that's yeah, that's like historical fact. And and you know? and with with Twin Peaks, um, the the return, um, yeah, he had that kind of push and pull, uh, um sort of well, ten- tension I, with people I, that's what that's mm. docu- that's documented um but you know i'm sure he's pretty pleased with the amount of money that he got to make that otherwise he wouldn't have do- he w- otherwise he wouldn't have done it and i'm sure he's still pretty pleased with the time that he he, he was able to get as well and the mm. things that he was able to do i'm 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 pretty convinced that 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 you know he wouldn't have even done it in the first place if he if he wasn't pretty sure that he would be able to get some the satisfaction that he wanted from it because that's all he's out for now I, I mean he's so i have this sneaking suspicion um and let me know what you think about this i like so we're in this sort of age of nostalgia i know you watched fran lebowitz 
uh, public speaking the other day and like the, she describes it really well it's like oh well you know the last 30 years have just been on a loop basically um i really love that sort of quick way of describing yeah. it it's yeah. like yeah we're we're in this horrific nostalgia now where it's like there's very it's tough it's tough like it's tough out there you know everything's 80s and the in slow, the, 80s, the slow cancellation of the future yeah yeah <laughs> if you want yeah, it exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah um and it's so it's like so uh, and it's interesting how they're in 30-year cycles. And it's the most amazing thing is watching Back to the Future 1. This is just such a little parenthetical. It's like Back to the Future 1 is is the nostalgia film because it's it's now it's nostalgia for the 80s and nostalgia for the 50s. So we get a double 30-year cycle because in the 80s, the, the nostalgia was for 30 years prior, which was the 50s. And then now our nostalgia is for the 80s. So we get double nostalgia. It's like double stuffed Oreo nostalgia. That's what Back <laughs> to the Future 1 is. Anyway, um, set, that's a separate point. Um, but but so uh, what do you think? I honestly, I have a sneaking suspicion. The only reason Twin Peaks season three was greenlit by Showtime was, you know, they were like, what IPs can we greenlit can, that, that will kind of because the first trailer for Twin Peaks was heavy nostalgia, heavy, 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 heavy. I mean, you can't deny that. And even Mark Frost and Lynch tweeting out uh, that gum you like is coming back in style. It's like that is nostalgia city right and you're like oh my god this is just gonna be a nostalgia fest like and i truly th i i have a feeling that's why it was green lit and then lynch shits in everyone's collective eyes <laughs> you know and just goes yeah well that's what you you want nostalgia you want some nostalgia yeah here you go fuck off choke on it i mean maybe not that maybe not as quite as aggressive as that but i know i know what you're getting at yeah yeah but he's like, well, no, yeah, I don't think he actively. I think maybe, it, yeah, you're right. It would have just been. He's not going to make something nostalgic because that's not his instinct. He's and and and. But but it was so anti-nostalgia. I mean, there were a couple moments there where you really get what you want, like Norma and Big Ed, and you know, there are some moments of nostalgia, but they are always undercut, and it's it, there is a deep sense of melancholia. Good night, Margaret. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's season three of Twin Peaks. It's Good Night, Margaret. That's what season three of Twin Peaks is. For and me. and just every how, episode is how, uh... dedicated to a dead guy. Every single episode is dedicated to somebody in the crew or someone close who has just died. And now, even in the time since Twin Peaks has come out, the amount of people who are dead from Twin Peaks, mm. you know, like it's cra it's crazy. Yeah, it's so sad. And mm. and so it's not nostalgic at all. It's like, but it, it's very present. It's very much like. This is sad. We're all, you know. Well, Laura Palmer, and, and, and Laura you look Palmer at the kids. even tries to take her back, doesn't he? At the end, and it and yeah. it doesn't and it doesn't oh, work. Doesn't work. It does. Ah, oh, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And he all just the young people kind of in Twin Peaks season then, three, and then just... he and then he even like tries to take her back again, back to the house, yeah. and then you have back that, the and then you have that yeah. ending, what year which is, is this? just yeah. Which will what just echo the ending that just echoes off into infinity. <laughs> yeah, is this the eight? Is this eighty nine? Why is Twin Peaks on? What year is this? <laughs> it's, you know what I mean. It's like, oh my god, how yeah. depressing. But um, but, but also uh, how wonderful. But that's what the yeah, it's the Twin Peaks. Uh, it's the Twin Peaks we 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 probably needed really. We, we, I mean, so Twin Peaks we deserve. It's what's what it's definitely the one we deserved, obviously, and maybe the one we needed, not the one we want, not the one anybody wanted. But they're definitely the one we needed and and did definitely deserved. Yeah, absolutely. But going back just a bit before we go, because I, I, it'd be good to talk about Twin Peaks, the third season, um, a, mm -hmm. a little bit. But I'm quite interested sure. in this uh, transition between because because Inland Empire is very much a 
because you were saying to me after you watched it, which I'm interested to hear a bit more about, is how is how it critiques film in it, you know, mm. and it's and like like you interestingly said, Fire Walk with industry. me was was like yeah, it was it, he made that out of frustration because he wanted to do more within the show, which mm. he felt like he couldn't do, so he made Fire Walk with me the film and and yep. did and took a few ideas, you know, of a you know, and and ran with them a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. then, then, you, you know, so that kind of similar frustration with film then sort of creeps into, um, Inland Empire, but, uh, he's, he's, um, you know, he, he, he wants creative control and he wants, mm-hmm. he wants time for, 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 for ideas to, to come and, and develop and things like that. Um, he t- he talks very fondly about you know all all that time he had to to work on Eraserhead. He had all the time. I mean, he he, he basically had he he could build everything. He had the space he needed, mm. and he had all the time. And he had all the time in the world to do it. And um, he made he made a he made a marvelous film. He did. Um, and he kind of feels like he feels like he wants to go back to that mm. a bit in totally. Inland Empire yeah, because absolutely. again, like in Eraserhead, he is. He's doing everything. He's 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 designing the sound. He's I'm not sure how much he's involved with set design, but definitely sound design. He's on uh, the I he's think on Jack the... Fisk did the set design. Who did Jack Fisk was his buddy. He lived with you know who went to art school with. Um, oh yeah, they yeah, to yeah, go to yeah, 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 yeah. I think he did the production design. I know he did it on Straight Story because I just watched it. Um, but I think I, I actually I could be I could be wrong. Maybe I'm I'm mistaking that, but. Um, but anyway, uh, basically, he's yeah. he's, he's holding the camera lot. for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, he's literally operating the. He's camera. operating the camera. He's editor. Um, yeah, so he's presiding over all all of these different um, roles and responsibilities. P- perhaps mm. to to I mean, why 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 is he doing that? Um, I mean, ov- for the obvious well, reason. Obviously, control, he wants yeah. he w- you know for the obvious reason of creative control. But it but. Jews, I mean, I agree with you. I think there is a there is a, a critique of of film or cinema now. Um, yeah, I think you, I mean that had, that had already crept in um, with a Mulholland Drive, um, mm. and yeah, it's less a critique of cinema and, and more a critique of 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 Hollywood. You, you yeah, you feel like you're walking through the same streets and you and you're and you're in the same place. A lot totally. of a yeah, lot of imagery is echoed. Um, yeah, and. Um, so so he yeah is i mean it's interesting really and how that is his sort of departure from film um mm. which we think it is anyway i mean i'm i'm very sure it is i would be really yeah, surprised um, if he i mean i'm not surpri- i'm not film. it makes perfect sense that he's gone on to just go into television now it makes perfect mm. sense and uh but yeah, but you you were kind of making some interesting points about how, you know, how now you know on a film set there's um uh, the director can't touch the camera and mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, well, it depends. Obviously, it depends on the type of set. But there are definitely I know for a fact union rules of like there's all sorts of union rules that really would blow people's minds. That it's like you can't. You know, you have you have like sparks, gaffers, grips, you know, and all of like they have to do their own thing, you know. So like a spark can't can't operate any of the grips shit. If they touch that, it's a lawsuit. 
right? And same with the grips, can't handle the lights because that's the sparks job, you know? Don't you dare touch the wires on the lights. So and it's like all there, the director just, can't it's all touch there the just to it's protect just, people's roles within the industry, it's basically. It's brutal, brutal red tape, and it's the yeah. death of creativity. For someone like Lynch, it's just like, it's it, it'll drive you fucking crazy, you know? <laughs> it's just like, it's not, I mean, you know, get real. We're trying to make art here, you know? And it's not the way... I love that video of him. He's on some set or whatever. And he's like, what's that sound? What is that sound? And like one of the production assistants is like, oh, that's the lights. And he's like, oh, my God. You know, it's just like that buzzing, like, of like fluorescent lights. And it's just, you can tell like everything. It's like he can hear those lights in his brain. You know, he can hear them like the way he does the sound design on his movies. So in a razor head, the sound of a bulb, a light bulb, is so loud because that's how Lynch hears. And the idea of uh, hearing is a big deal. It's not an accident that Gordon Cole, named after the police chief in Sunset Boulevard, by the way, Gordon Cole is deaf and uses a hearing aid. And the idea of, uh, like, in, in The Cowboy and the Frenchman, the guy mishearing, you know? Like you were saying, he gets a lot of mileage out of... What the uh, hell? What the hell? <laughs> you know? Like, he gets a lot of mileage out of... Uh, Hearing, and I think Lynch has, I think Lynch has like supersonic hearing. Uh, by the way, that's just a little theory of mine. Um, uh, like, because, because I, I mean, because everybody hears at a different. I know I have pretty damn good hearing, um, but uh, yeah, so people can hear different frequencies, and and also meditation. It's a big thing where you really start hearing everything. It's the idea of listening, and so this this thing of Lynch like walking into a room with fluorescent lights and just being on a film set where there's all of this restriction and well, it, like this, like you're just in a mean, fucking You can't be jacket. intuitive, can you? You can't, you can't be like... You can't go dreamy. There's no room to dream. Can't go dreamy, yeah. Do you think, um, what, uh, what, what kind of deal do you think Netflix has offered him then with this new series? Do you think they've kind of given him like a real, like a really kind of like you know, take as much take as much time as you want and experiment as much as you want um, to kind of get away from all these constraints that, you know, he's um, obviously, uh, you know, really started, started uh -huh. to bother him quite a lot. Um, yeah, I would say um, Netflix... Uh, Netflix has a lot... Of, uh, well... They have a lot of, they have a lot of money. But they That's... don't actually, but they kind of do. They have a lot of money. They're, they're, they're swinging their dick around. They have a lot of money to throw up projects and they, they are throwing a lot of projects. I mean, they're about to open a bunch of new studios or at least there's like a 2.5 billion contract to open a bunch of new sound stages in Shepparton or uh, Ealing or some, one of those studios. Um, but, 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 but I would use, I mean, I don't know but is the answer to your question, but I would use the evidence of what did Jack do? And I would say, yeah, they're going to let him do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And, Look at what did Jack and, do. Well, the, I mean, well, what they let Charlie Kaufman do with, uh, you know, I'm yeah, thinking of ending yeah. things. Yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. That's why you've got to love Netflix, regardless. You've got, I mean, it's like, they, they, you know, if they give you the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and I'm thinking of ending things, and a new David Lynch, it's like, man, you know. And like, Kaufman is a kind of, as a guy who not a lot of people wanted to to make his shit, which blows my mind, but... That's the truth. They, you know, he had a trouble funding his films, 
So and so and I think they probably watch Sinetsky New York and and they're like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, I mean Sinetsky like, New York's one of my well, favorite films. A, gonna, yeah, I know, but I mean it was. I'm, but I would love. It, I, I would almost, love to yeah. know what if it had any budgetary concerns, or you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the sets they built was just out of this world in that in that. When when he's first gets shown the set like the the and it's just like completely dirty and it's a real estate woman she's like it's quite good you know good for shows and he's like it's like a fucking aircraft hangar and he's looking around like this is the biggest are you joking and then you know soon enough like obviously that whole thing is full and there's another one around it it's god that film I I absolutely love that film um. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think Netflix probably are being very accommodating to Lynch because truly after you do 18 hours of Twin Peaks and you end it like you do and, you know, given everything we've just gone through with this history with the film industry and all of that, um, you know, it's like, and I know he's, you know, he's making little animations and he's doing his shit on David Lynch theater, you know, what, what, what numbers on the ball he's having fun. So it's like, I know. I, I, it's like they would have to. It would have to be a damn good offer, you know. It would have to basically be do whatever you want, Lynch. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know? I mean, what? It, it's almost like they they're gonna just give him the tools to kind of just start making things and see where it goes. Um, or maybe he's already. I don't know. I'm, I'm just fascinated to know more about it and how it's sort of started started the way it has, and how you know. The book. I'm always mm. I'm always quite curious about the origins of his of his projects and where they start because they could just come from anywhere and he'll just start doing something and then he'll get an idea. So then how 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 do you get from that place, you know, to and and I was all thinking that he's you know that was the that was the end and that twin the and you know this to because yeah. he's just you know he's just celebrated his seventy fifth birthday. Um, um, you know, how, how has it gone from that to all of a sudden, um, you know, having a new TV show coming out on Netflix that nobody knows hardly anything about. It's just, yeah, I'm just, in, I, I'm, I've, I can only think they've been surprise, able just to it? go, here you go. Here's everything you need. Do whatever you want. Play it, you know, have fun. And, you know, we, we want something in like, Three years or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's I fascinating. Just, I really, well, I'm looking forward to really it. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's really, it's great to have something like that in the pipeline to to look forward to, isn't it? And, and mm. you know, to build up to and eventually, uh, yeah, it's just great that it's just not the end. Because even, yeah. even if it is, I mean, even if it was the end, it wouldn't matter. I mean, if we did... I mean, the rewatch value and all his stuff is up there with with the best films ever. I mean, you can watch and you, you know his his films are you know you could watch them. Uh, the rewatch value is is immense. Um, yeah, and um, totally, absolutely. Yeah, you've got so much good stuff, and even it, uh, delving into all his short films and everything like that is you know I really enjoy sort of doing that. I mean, I didn't watch all of them because there's quite a lot and. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, but, uh, but you know uh, there's some really good ones in there and he's done so mm. much work and he's always just working all the time and um, yeah it's uh, he's uh, he, he's a good one 
It's definitely a good one. Um, I have a, I have a, so I think um, talking about how you, you were saying, um, you made me think of something. So how uh, basically it feels like Inland Empire is in the same universe as Mulholland Drive. There are, uh, um, and obviously you see the main character of, well, not the main character, but um, the the other character in Mulholland Drive at the end of yeah. Inland Empire. Yeah. Um, but um, there are little things that kind of, uh, uh, little images that echo throughout all his work. We did mention a woman usually with some, uh, some amount of blood on her, maybe on her lip or on her arms, coming out of the shadows. So, I mean, there, there are loads of examples of that. I mean, there's the is Isabella Rossellini in uh, what's it in Blue Velvet. There's Renette Pulaski, and I think Laura does it as well. Uh, there's um, again, I think again in Mulholland Drive when she's she comes and sees Naomi Watts. I mean, there's a lot of that like that image from his childhood reappears. But there's also a, a few others which I'd like to talk about. Um, the main one being Monkey. So uh, there's a little chimp. This little chimp just kind of keeps showing up. Uh, oh, because yeah, because at the end of it, yeah, Inland Empire, yeah, well, end of Inland yeah, Empire. There's yeah, the chimp. Talks about, end of yeah, that the, um, the yeah the monkey shows up at the end of Inland Empire. Yeah, I see now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the, and the monkey shows up at the end of uh, Firewalk with Me. Says Judy. Yeah. Um, and he's made a movie called what you know the, the short film What Did Jack Do? Yeah, it's starting. He's just talking to, to the, the monkey. The monkey is now starting to uh, sort of show establish show, himself. establish himself in the uh, <laughs> in the in the, in the pantheon. In the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's like Jack Nance, you know, like like obviously Nance appears a lot. Oh man, watching Straight Story, having Big Ed be the guy to sell the tractor. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a nice little touch. But you know, you see these like his you know the actors just, like kind of reappear and Jack Nance is I th was in everything Lynch made, I think, uh, up until he he died. And that's god that scene in season 3 of Twin Peaks where he gets to go fishing. My god. The the that was uh, obviously you can tell they've got someone else to play him because it's a shot from behind and he just goes to the yeah that long shot where because he doesn't find Laura so he gets to go fishing that morning and it's just fuck me that's that's really powerful stuff mm. I mean, like it's your best mate who's dead and it's like you've retroactively allowed him to, to uh, that scene to it's just wild it's, it's kind of magic I mean you see Lynch on set in season three of Twin Peaks talk, when he's with um, Kale and Tidbit as he calls them but Laura Dern and Kyle McLaughlin and, and they're standing and he's like and Laura's like this is so strange it's just like and he's like it's a very weird thing it's a very beautiful thing just like 40 years ago you know and he's talking about they're talking about blue velvet and they're standing it's just like it's such an emotional thing and I think he really ma managed to make Twin Peaks um season three like work on a really profound level like to, to where you feel this sort of like beautiful thing that you just can't really explain like it's just this this beautiful thing about art you know yeah um, it is it is power. hard to explain it really is mm. um but uh it's not it's 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 supposed to be experienced um through mm. watching it and you know there's only so much you can explain really um and that's yeah. uh you yeah. had an idea about the theatre, didn't you? 
Well, yeah. You're remembering vaguely. Well, the th- yeah, theatre is always popping up. So, okay, so Eraserhead, you have the, yeah. the theatre that's sort of inside the radiator mm-hmm. as you're going in. Yeah, um, in heaven, everything is fine. So, might be missing. There might be some, well, might be some missing, but um, sort of Inland Empire, that she finds herself sort of in a theatre at the end, doesn't she? And then the obviously the obviously when they're in Mulholland Drive they go to Club Silencio, don't they? Yep. Yeah. And they're in a, that kind of old it's kind of that old looking kind of theater, isn't it? Mm. You know, with the you know, with those you know, the and I you like know a small a, theater, almost like a vaudeville theater. Like an old wet like a yeah. old timey theater sort of thing. Yeah. Um, um there's uh, we have we you should even, probably mention well, obviously there's you even the white see it lodge in Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks as well oh yeah yeah, exactly. the, uh, yeah. yeah the white lodge, um, mm. which you see with that uh, the amazing episode the fame you know it's become pretty famous episode yeah, now isn't episode it eight. yeah the, um, where the you know the fireman sort of produce you know creates uh, Laura Palmer I guess is what is mm. what you would how you d- describe it. But that all happens in a pretty similar setting as well. This kind of theatre, mm. mm. um, and it just and becomes. So, it just, so, there's so many things. He he he, re, he is very much like uh, Tarkovsky in that sense, where they just have things that they go to. It's a language. Mm. It's a visual language. So there's just things that they just go to and it and and come back to it again and again. Mm. Um, mm. And it's pretty. There's a lot of it. I mean, it's not just, it's not just, that's just one example, but there's mm. a lot of it going but his, on. His um, YouTube channel's called David Lynch's Theatre. Um, and it's like, the th- I feel like it's like almost the, the, the because obviously that huge ocean that Dale Coop is, is flying over, um, this is one thing I completely agree with Twin Perfect, is it seems to me to be an unconscious unified field, like an ocean, that ocean that he's flying over. But it's like maybe the theater is some sort of passageway into that. And that's kind of the theater of the mind, because he when he explains um, how he sees his ideas, you know, it's like and, and a lot of people explain it this way. It's like they, they're just watching a TV in their head and maybe Lynch's TV is just a bit classier. You know, it's an old timey theater, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, like that's I'm... literally the inside of his skull is what I mean. Like that theater is the inside of his skull. Yeah, that, well, inside you know, of his skull is the conduit. The, when you look through the screen, that screen leads you in to the unconscious that, that we all have. Yeah, and that's yeah. that certainly reminds you of Eraserhead as well, of how it is in, like inside the radiator, mm. sort of like going, yeah. a, sort of your your. Yeah, it's 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 you know I said it at the beginning. It's passing through worlds, isn't it? Going, I, mm. it's something. It's it's probably the the thing. Of, I mean, I know there's more. There's much more to Lynch's work than this, but for me, it's the the greatest. I think the greatest joy, or one of the greatest joys, I get out of it is this going between worlds and passing, but going from mm. you know, from one place uh, to another, which he does so often. Um, mm. I mean, we're talking about the end of. Um, we're talking about the end of uh, Twin Peaks, uh, how he ends it. He sort of kind of, he almost kind of leaves the world of Twin Peaks altogether, it feels like, and mm. finds somebody who, you know, we all know to be Laura Palmer, but she isn't Laura Palmer. 
She has a different mm. name and he tries, you know, uh, Cooper tries to return her back to the place where, you know, he thinks that she, she knows and, and it's from. And, yeah, she should be. And, um, yeah. and there's this kind of, uh, it, it's a weird, it's, it's such a weird feeling. You feel like they're not, you feel like the world of Twin Peaks, they've left the world of Twin Peaks and they're now just going back to a place that isn't Twin Peaks anymore. It just looks like Twin Peaks. Mm. And it's really kind of like strange how that is how that is done, really. And it's hard to explain how it's done, but I, I but I, it's kind of coming coming out of that kind of, but that passing between worlds is something that he he does quite often, and it's just the thing that just gets me, um, because there is everything. I mean, I guess if I speak a bit like on a more abstract level, I mean, there's, there's, there, that's all there is. There is never just one world anyway. And film, film is often very, very much presented like that. And I think probably the, the reason why I, he's, um, challenged the form a little bit is because he, he, he does, he, he doesn't, he doesn't present, uh, his worlds like that. He, the, every everything is multidimensional. Yeah, abstractions. Um, and there's that is an that is something that you can do infinite things with. You can work. You can when you're working in in that zone. There is anything can happen basically. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of that's where more people want to be working, in my opinion. I mean, I, I've always found it quite interesting that he was offered uh, Elephant Man uh, just after doing Eraserhead. And I think the, he did such a f fantastic job on Elephant Man. Um, and, you know, it's really good. It's like your second film, they always say, oh, yeah, your first film's important, but your second film's the most important. You know, you don't want to, once you've made your first, you don't want to fuck up the second. And he kind of played it. I mean, there are there are little moments of his like surrealist dreams where he's dreaming about the elephant and stuff, but it's mostly pretty uh, straight. Um, and I don't, I just it's kind of interesting that he was even picked for that. Well, he he, even more he heard the title. How well he, he heard did. the title and was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but but it's interesting that someone was like, do you want to do a film called Elephant Man to Lynch? Like, do you want to do anything? I mean. I don't know. It just it's it's. I love that he picked it on the title alone. That's yeah, but that's a, so that is another thing where you were talking about him hearing. He th things will just ring mm. in his ears, and he will mm. just know just from a sound. Like uh, was it Frank's in the basement? Is it? Yeah, yeah. He'll just know from hearing things or Elephant Man, and he'll just be like, "That's mm. it. Don't even need to read it. <laughs> yep. Don't even need to read it." Yeah. I'm like, "That's it. I know it's it." um that's yeah it's so cool that and um yeah i mean he but uh, that's the thing he, straight a straight story is, um you know so what good. a what, what, what a wonderful wonderful is? film elephant man me, again it's... he doesn't he i mean it's such a i mean people only because Eraserhead is the, the his first film and that sets this precedent Mm. But then anything after that is is I guess you considered to be more conventional, um, 
but he he's a, he that's he's not a one trick pony at all and um people i mean just how many people love straight story just it's mm. uh, it's um it's not he it wasn't a gimmick for him it wasn't a uh it, no. it wasn't a fact that it wasn't a way of shocking people just being or or trying to prove that he could work in, in a different way he genuinely fell in love with the story and just mm. wanted to do it and it every it, every everything in that film has a david lynch feel about it everything absolutely um because it's already there it's i mean in i mean i know mark frost obviously is twin you know heart 50 percent of twin peaks and everything but all of mm. those um the town of twin peaks is set in the in the similar area to where he grew up in you know it's something that he knows about he knows about that mm. uh, that 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 kind of america um yeah and there's uh the you know the there's so much of um twin peaks at uh, that kind of twin peaks not mm. not not the not the other other worldly aspect of twin peaks but the very much the sort of the, you know um the beauty in the mundane yeah the, the everyday yeah america that's and, like actually it's just just like that's absolutely beautiful and it's really simple it's as simple as a guy you know uh, uh giving you some gas you know giving you a place to stay for the night little bits of kindness you know kindness to a stranger and it's like it's it, the straight story is is just that the whole time and it's so good and it really does pack an emotional punch there are a few scenes in there where it's like really you're like Jesus, this is, this is really fantastic. I love. I, I'm. I'm. I'm just. So, it's such a nice world to be in. Um, but I feel like there's a sort of serendipitous nature that like you get lucky because I agree Lynch will have picked that because of the story and he liked the story and it's not a gimmick. He's taking it seriously. But the the fact that it is called the straight story is just it's too good. It's you can't and it's no the, no he was called straight his name was George Straight but it's like yeah but this is this is also Lynch's straight story and yeah. it's like it can't you can't not think that and it's like it's so I feel like when you listen to the universe shit like that happens that it's like I can't explain it. it's like it's like the sheet music of Laura Palmer Laura's theme forming Twin Peaks. It's like this. I'm getting goosebumps even talking about this now. It's this thing. Oh where yeah. It's like, well, there how does is that a, show on the on the? How, is it with the MIDI? Yeah, if you Google uh, Laura Laura Palmer's theme MIDI track, you'll see it. And it's and Lynch's response when he saw it was like, "It's cosmic. It's it's beautiful. It's cosmic." You know. And it's like it is. And and it, I get this excitement just thinking about like this. I don't. It's just this. Uh, this like it's just i don't know you listen to the listening to the universe and hearing it and we're all we're all hearing this same thing and these things can happen that just you go there's no explaining it there's no explaining how that there are these little beautiful things that happen you know and this they seem to happen with lynch's work quite a lot where another f fantastic but he's, example he's he's open to it is though, Laura. he lets it happen that's exactly he that's enables yeah, exactly it. he enables exactly. it Laura screaming off screen in Fire Walk With Me, being resolved 30 years later with Coop, time trap. I mean, that sort of shit is a magic that, it, yeah, it's wizardry. It's Alan Moore wizardry. And it's, 
it's and I agree it's because you're open it's because you're you're listening to the universe and you're you're hearing it you can hear it and there's this thing about hearing um you know I, I it, it it's really beautiful it it, it really the, the best thing I can say about Lynch is that he just makes you want to make art he yeah. just makes you want to create and not and just just keep going just do it just do it for the sake of doing it for the pleasure of doing it and it's uh, and be true to yourself and be true to it. Yeah, be yeah. Be true to the idea. Yeah, he is. He is got. Yeah, he is so inspiring. And when you watch the art life as well, and it just shows you all the work he's making aside from films, all his paintings, everything like that. You're just like, yeah. You can't help just be but be really impressed just by just what a creative force he is. Mm. Yeah. Um, totally. But those little serendipitous things, like it just. You know, doesn't it? It just warms you in a way that you think, oh, actually, the world ain't so bad. Like, everything will be all right. This is, that's so beautiful, you know? Yeah. When I saw that, just, yeah, when I saw that Laura Palmer's sheet music, it really, it hit me in a profound, like, it was not a coincidence. That's not a fucking, that's not a coincidence. It's not that I don't believe in coincidences. It's just that, wake up. You think that's a coincidence? Get real. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. Get real, man. That's not. Are you joking? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like that's You're not watching a, a film on your fucking phone. <laughs> on your fucking phone. You'll think you've seen it. Um, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it's just a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Um, and that's the thing that's just such a, an irony is that Lynch is so known for like the sort of psychosexual stuff and like oh he's really dark and it's fucked up. But it's like no, no, like the real heart. The real heart of Lynch is like simple kindness, simple everyday kindness, and like you know the beauty of a tree, like that's Lynch. But 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 yeah, it's about this light, like it's about light and dark, and being able to appreciate you. I guess I guess you appreciate mm, the good things more if you have the um, you know the the contrast to go with it. Mm. um the shit yeah. you know well, the yeah, shade, there is no there the, is no the good without light, light yeah. i guess is yeah um, they belong together and uh yeah and and actually uh going back to elephant man who is um really because obviously the, this is kind of well established within his body of work this whole thing about the you know the light and the dark um mm. and um elephant man it's not as obvious what where the where that sort of comes into it but um as watching a retrospective by um cinema cartograph cartography um mm. and i thought it was really i thought his his lynch retros retrospective was was good but the standout mm. part for me was was his little bit on elephant man because it mm. was really it was quite, I thought it was really insightful how he talks about, you know, because he, he's, 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 you know, he's established this motif of the light and the dark going all the way through. Um, and, yeah. he, and he's going to kind of bring that out, you know, all the way, you know, he's, he's decided already he's going to sort of bring that out. Whereas Elephant Man is like, this, re this really exists in the world of Elephant Man because of who he is. And because of who he is, he only sees either the best or the worst in people. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually And I was like, yes, there you go. 
Um, you know, he will never. He will only. He will only see either the extraordinary, extraordinary, sort of um, kindness and goodwill from people, or he'll see the dark, the darkest of the dark in people. You know, who are going to exploit him and and and, and everything like that, and. You know, actually, it's a pretty happy film, Elephant Man. I know, like, the premise of it is sad and it's horrifying because, you know, obviously this uh, this person was a real person. It was based on a real person. Yeah, John And Merrick. it's uh, extremely, um, you know, it's extremely unfortunate hand to be dealt with from birth to, you know, to have this sort of yeah. level of deformity. But the film itself actually is... You know, it's it, you. It's pretty redeeming, really, in terms of in terms of the end and how he is able to find some kind of peace, really, um, mm. and I think that's there. You go. I think that you know. It kind of echoes what you're saying. I think you know the the good and the bad are there, but I think, and I think he can, and I think he can go dark. I mean, I don't. A film like Lost Highway, which I must say, isn't. It's not my favorite. Um, yeah. In fact, I would probably I, I would probably say it's probably uh, it ranks. I mean, again, I enjoy. I, I still like it. I'm not. I, I like it. I like everything that he's done. Um, but it it, it definitely I, sort of ranks I, I like closer just, to Dune, the bottom. Dune and, just simply um, doesn't exist. Like Dune, just we don't even like. I like everything he's done. It's like we're not like obviously excluding Dune. Like no, it doesn't need to be said. Obviously, we're not talking about Dune. Dune, yeah. Dune yeah. is it's not his. Not film, really so, classified yeah. as a David Lynch no. film, really, because no. he didn't get Final no. Cut. Alan Smith. Um, that's the that's the name that directors give to films when they disown them. So if you ever see a film directed by Alan Smithy. It means that's a made-up name. Uh, it means the director was so ashamed of this piece of shit you're about to watch that he scrubbed his name from it. Mm. And so a lot of it's hard to actually find a cut of Dune with his name on it, which is uh, pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the one thing, the one thing why it was important is because he 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 always knew after that what what kind of film he he wanted to make and had to make. Yeah, that was a big yeah. learning learning quite an for, for him. An important um, moment for him. Yeah. But uh, but 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 the elephant elephant man is uh, you can see that all the way throughout. There is there is that kind of redeeming that there is that there is always still that light and that redeeming good goodness that's kind of shining through all the time. Yeah. And you um, were saying you were saying about Lost Highway. You want Lost Highway so... is hard. It's harder to find there, and I'm not sure right. why. But it, it it is just very difficult to find in that film, isn't it? Yeah, I've only seen Lost Highway once, and it was with you. And um, I remember having a pretty. I I enjoy. I actually enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed uh, it. I enjoyed quite, it. I do really like it. Um, um, and I think some of the scenes in it are out of this world, outstanding, out of this world. I think. Yeah. I even. I, I, I mean, this the mystery man with the camera is, mm. you know, according to if you want to sort of read into it too much, that's um, the director himself, and it wouldn't, and mm. I and it wouldn't be the first time that the director, or will Lynch, as you know, argue other people have argued that he's put himself in, in his own work, to actually represent the director himself, mm. just. You know, you know, to be almost kind of so literal, but you know, uh, but also kind of working 
also mm. on a, on another level as well. But um, I mean, all the, any, anything involving that person in that character in that film, I think is it makes it so interesting. Um, mm. And I'm and I, and I have no idea. I have no idea what happens in that film. I just I just sort of well, just sit I, back I, and I enjoy. To be honest, I, I don't really a, remember think... much, but I do remember. I remember having the theory, and really, honestly, it's kind of a blur. Uh, you know, when I see like I, I see pictures of Bill Pullman in it, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was this. But I seem to remember having the theory, or just feeling quite strongly that this was a film about a guy who killed his wife and couldn't accept that he had killed his wife and has sort of made up a whole lie about it in his head and and was being electrocuted for killing his wife and in they say that when you're being electrocuted you have a, a like a spat like a death dream right it's like a thing i don't know uh, apparently i don't know where i read this i don't know whatever i think i'd read it quite uh uh recently before having just seen lost highway so it was in my head quite f fresh um so, so in my head it was that his that whole film was his death dream like a kind of guilt-laden death dream and so and i was kind of already thinking this so i was like this kind of seems about right i don't i don't know i think there were a couple scenes in the jail and stuff i know he changes into someone else at the jail so i think he was arrested and then whatever whatever but the final scene is him driving down the highway on like with fucking lightning coming out of him and so i remember that being quite a, like a and it's not good to have this, really, but kind of being a nail in the coffin going, yeah, OK, cool. I'm, I, I'm right. And I understand that movie, uh, which is sort of not, you know, not the best. Like, no, you want to see you know. when I watched it again, I think I had mm -hmm. that in mind and it just didn't fit for me for some reason. Really? Right. Because um, right. there's a lot of things that happen sort of in between a lot more that just kind of just throw yeah. you off the trail completely. What's the name of the guy? He says because it, it's like it begins and ends with him ringing a bell and says like Rollo Tomasi is dead, but it's not Rollo Tomasi because that's LA Confidential. So what 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 name? Do you remember the name? No, I don't remember the name, but I remember the pot scene in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that kind of how yeah that kind of echoes from the beginning and then the end as well. Yeah. See, mm. honestly, there's stuff like that which you're like, no, because that doesn't that doesn't fit into your the theory that you're saying at all. This kind of all this sort of mirroring of the beginning and the end happening, and I don't know, I don't know. I think there's a bit. It just seems like there's a bit more to it. Anyway, I think that I, I, think, I, I think there probably is more to it, but but I I do feel like a kind of, I mean that was just sort of an instinctive reading of it. So, but I would imagine there's a lot more going on. I mean that doesn't ha ha include the director character at all, the mystery man at all. Uh, that theory so uh, yeah i'm sure there's more going on i just what i'm saying is i think having that theory has kind of stopped me in a way um watching it again i'm gonna i'm saying this i just all i want to do right now is watch rewatch lost highway um because i yeah i feel like only having seen it once you're not it's not even worth talking about really mm. um i don't no, you know it's, i don't, it's, I don't it's, know it's uh, yeah it's but you know i i much prefer straight story Mm. Much prefer well, straight straight. they are like the so two extreme. Good. I guess you would say in his in his work, you would you would say most of the time or a lot of the time, there's combined elements of those two films, but together in one film. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. whereas those two films are almost kind of like uh, two, you know, 
separated separated parts and and i bet you they're very interesting to watch side by side or compare side by side actually but um there are but yeah they are that's quite an interesting period in in for lynch isn't it it feels like a little bit of an outlier but then also feels like it really does belong as well in all of his work it's you know, a, you know what i mean it's very hard to place and yeah it's um it's almost sort of like he's uh become too uh i don't know it's 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 a difficult one it really is yeah i mean the um one of the the things that about season 3 of peaks which was so great was and what what made the news of him having another show even more shocking um was that it really just felt like a it had elements from everything every little piece so that there's like you know that there are the there's the harsh surrealist black and white stuff from a razor head you know you have the mm-hmm. the inside of the white lord like the waiting room and the, the the fireman's theme that just plays on loop and then you've got you know obviously it's twin peaks so you've got all of the twin peaks stuff but you know obviously you're reminded of blue velvet because now now you have you find out that laura dern plays diane and so you've got coop and laura dern and it's like oh that's blue velvet and then you're getting you know it's just elements from all his what you you're even getting the shots of the the lost highway you know the the point of view of the car headlights going along the highway that True. that image yep. is yeah, in yeah. twin peaks a lot and that that started in in lost highway that so it's like there's little bits and pieces of all of his icon like iconic uh symbols and imagery uh in this 18 hour chungus of a <laughs> of a show like it it really felt like a kind of like all right, here we go. I'm, you know, a crescendo. Like, ah, season three yeah. of Twin Peaks. Here it is. It's not just Twin Peaks. This is the end of everything. This is the end of all of my, you know, it really, to me, it felt like, it really felt like that. All these ideas coming up and just being done perfect and just like, there you go. That was it. That's it. That's it. You know, and then, oh, David Lynch just announced, you know, 18 new episodes of a new show. It's like, what? What the fuck? That's it's so exciting because it really season three just felt so definitively like an ending to me. Yeah, That's why I'm absolutely. praying it's not season four of Twin Peaks. Good Lord. No, I hope we never see season four of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I, I know. And, and that make that, you know, it may it may make us sound like we're not as big of fans as some other people, which, you know, that's no, a, no, that's up for debate. I'm, but I'm, I think yeah, yeah. that was just. Why would you want more after that? Why That's why crazy why would you more. why would you want more after that? Yeah. Yeah. Just go out just go out find a horse and beat it to death. It's fine. Just do that instead. Don't don't ask for a season 4 of Twin Peaks. You just got 18 hours of Twin Peaks. It's like it's there, crazy that and people I are actually, begging for and more I actually Twin Peaks. I'm offended. Got more out it. of it the second time I watched it as well. So You get more out of it every so time. So yeah. goodness knows what it'll be like the third time. Yeah, exactly. And um, and then it just made you re- want to watch all of the, you know, original series again. When you watch it. Um. So uh, yeah, should we try and should we wrap it up? What What are you thinking? Yeah, unless you can think of anything else you want to say. I mean, I think that. W- I mean, you could have um quite a few different. You could we could do this same time next week, <laughs> and probably fill up another two hours, and it would be completely different. 
No, that was really fun. That was I just enjoyed that. I just you know just to have just to sit down and have a two-hour conversation with on David Lynch is just just pure pleasure for me. <laughs> really. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I was asked uh, by George uh, to uh, talk, come up to see him and talk to him about directing, which would would be the third Star Wars, and I had next door to zero interest but I always admired George you know George is a guy that does what he loves and I do what I love the difference is what George loves makes hundreds of billions of dollars and I came into an office and there was George and he, he talked with me for a little bit and then he said I want to show you something now right about in this time, I started getting a little bit of a headache. Just, a, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. So he took me upstairs and he showed me these things called Wookiees. And now this headache is getting, you know, getting stronger. 